Hiya. Hello. I don't know how to start the podcast. I feel like we're starting all over again. <laughs> so this is a podcast <laughs> and we've already pressed record. Do, 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 do. <laughs> is that your impression of theme tune? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go on, I want the full mix. No. <laughs> I can't do a backspin. <laughs> Give it your best shot. Oh, I need to stop smiling a sec. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. I cannot backspin when I'm smiling. I can't. <laughs> Forget it. Let's get on with it. And what's happening in the world of football, Connor? Because I am not the foggiest you're out of it aren't you yeah. so as of the 12th of November Manchester City top of the league after their derby win against Man United which was a great game may I just say one of the better ones I was stupidly about to ask who are they against <laughs> <laughs> their derby rivals <laughs> against Aldershot Town it, it could have been it could have been right um, <laughs> also my team Huddersfield off the bottom of the Premier League hey! Hey! sorry Fulham you see that whole two fans clapping there. <laughs> Woo! Oh, you're a fan now. Um, yep. I'm gonna, you, well, you counted that as you being a fan. Uh, well done to Norwich. Five straight wins in a row means they're top of the championship. Awesome. Uh, and it means Leeds are now third. Uh, and Ipswich, poor old Ipswich, bottom of the championship at the moment. But they're, okay. you know, they've got two draws behind them, so they're on the rise again. League One, who's top? Portsmouth! That's what he's saying, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Sunderland a second. <laughs> but they've got five straight wins, so... Um, oh, they're on good form. Very good form. Yes. Have they got um, clean sheets? You've got to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> there was something on, on Sky Sports the other week, right? <laughs> I can't remember. I think it was Lacazette for Arsenal. Now, he's French, and he was doing a post-match interview. He said, yes, we've got a clean sheet. And <laughs> Jeff Shreves, the Sky Sports man... Uh, it was like, oh, sorry, you can't swear. And Lacazette turns and he looks very confused as if to say, <laughs> well, I've said that before. They seemed to be fine last time. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> and top of League Two, big congratulations to Lincoln City. Well done, Lincoln City. They're still top of the league, the pace setters. So that is up-to-date tables-wise. Okay. Uh, I want to let you know what else has been going on. Um, the Gay Times honours were announced. Okay. Uh, Lou Englefield got the Gay Times honour for sports. Okay, who is she? Well, she's been doing work in tackling homophobia, biphobia and transphobia throughout sport. Oh, awesome. So, very, very well done to her. Uh, That was the awards in Liverpool. Right, okay, yeah. I don't know much else about the awards night that night, unfortunately. You were too too half cut. (laughs) Yes, I was. You were full cut. (laughs) Yeah, I was in Liverpool, just around the corner. (laughs) Don't have a clue what happened. He didn't go to the awards, he was just at a bar. (laughs) Balls! The FA Cup started uh, this weekend, just gone, as we're recording this now. You you say started, but it's been going on for ages, isn't it? Yes, I do tell a lie. It has. Um, Do you remember when it started? The, what, the extra super... Extraterrestrial superliminary <laughs> rounds. Extra preliminary. That preliminary to me. Preliminary. It's like a science experiment, isn't it? <laughs> Did you do the method? No, forget that. Extra preliminary. Yeah. Preliminary. Yeah. It started in August. Okay. And these are like national teams that have been playing and stuff. 
Yeah, so it starts off in the very depths of the non-league. So just above Sunday league teams, yep. uh, <laughs> you'll find the 10th and 9th tiers of the English football pyramid. And that's like way down in the non-league. Right, okay. So they all play each other, and then preliminary round, and then four qualifying rounds later, you get to the first round of the FA Cup, which is when the football league teams join... Uh, well, sorry, teams from League One and Two join everybody else who's qualified from the nas- uh, from the non-league. Okay, and this and so this round, uh, it's like a knockout still. Yeah. So um, people that won have won. If they drew, they get to replay it. Yeah. So why they, not penalties? They've been replaying it for hundreds of years now. They even used to replay. Even, even more reason to mix it up a little bit. It's boring. I've seen it. No. No, because you want that replay. You want the penalties. That's if, the best bit of any football game. <laughs> no, that's the scariest bit. Take it from a Huddersfield Town fan. That is the scariest bit of a match, okay? Oh, yeah. It is the scariest bit of, of a match, but it's the most sort of, I don't know, powerful bit of a, of a match. Like, at a World Cup, if it finishes on penalties. Oh, yeah. How incredible is that? That's different, though. This is the this is knockout football at its very best. <laughs> Honestly, this is the oldest cup competition in the world ever. Like, what did they say in America? Period. Period. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So they've been replaying for years, and for the especially in the first and second round. Yeah. For a tiny team from the non-league who don't get coverage whatsoever, this is their chance to make as much money as possible. Be on TV if they get a replay but weren't on TV in the first game, chances are that replay's going to be on TV. Right, OK. For for example, Chorley drew with Doncaster. They'd much rather play at Doncaster that, than at their own ground. <laughs> so they've got a replay and get to go to Doncaster, which has some, sometimes not been a great thing for some teams, but it can be for others. <laughs> Hi, Doncaster. <laughs> I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> so ne- so now what? Uh, next round, championships in? Nope. Right, right okay. Second round is still League One, League Two, and everybody else from the non-league. Right, okay, why not first round just have League Two? Next round, League One. Next round, championship. Next round, premiership. No. I'm just trying to freshen things up. <laughs> well, I don't think it needs to be freshened up. I think <laughs> Everything it's needs a good lick of paint. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Well, um, I, I must congratulate Grimsby Town. Okay. After all this, they um, won their first cup game in any competition for five years. Oh, wow. Beating MK Dons 3-1. There's some very good goals in there as well. Um, but yeah, five years without a cup victory in any cup. They get to play three cup competitions a year. <laughs> is one of them the Czech Trophy? It is. Okay, they get to play two cup competitions in a year. <laughs> this is a little jingle to fill space between times when we're talking, because otherwise it doesn't make sense. Balls! Put this in your diary. Friday the 30th of November, you busy? Um, It depends. No, is the answer. Okay. Because... There's a game at Wembley Stadium. Right, okay. Involving a team that was formed in 1991. Oh, that's not Pompey. It's not Pompey, no. <laughs> oh, can I guess? Yes. Wimbledon. No. MK Dons. No. They were they were like early, that, like late. Do you want a clue? Yeah. They're not in the EFL or really the non-league. Well, they are in the non-league. What do you mean? They're, they're, they're not in any leagues. No, they are in a league because it's a league match that's going to be played. For a very special league match. For the first time ever. Oh! Go on. 
England men's versus England women's. No, that would be interesting, though. I'd like to see that. Yeah? yeah. Germany versus Turkey. <laughs> I'd love to see that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, no, it's... Um, do I have to tell you? Yes. Stonewall FC. <gasps> they're playing their first ever... They're playing the first ever league match at Wembley Stadium from the non-league. Oh, awesome. And they're going to be playing Wilberforce Wanderers in the Middlesex County Football League Division 1. Right, okay. Who are... Who are what, Wimbledon Wanderers, what? Wilberforce Wanderers. Go on, do some research for us. Okay, I've looked on the Google. Yep. Uh, and Jeeves says... <laughs> that, that it's st- still loading. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they've got an official website. Right. And it welcomes you to the website. Fabulous. Um, his- I feel history. Yeah, go on then. Okay, so they were founded at a meeting held on the 6th of August, 2002. Oh, wow. So fairly new team. Yeah, so they're even newer um, in London, um, promoted uh, to Middlesex County Football uh, League Division 1 in 2005, awarded the Middlesex County Football League Sportsmanship Award for the 2006 and 7 season, granted FA Charter Standard Club status in 2011 in August and, and awarded the Middlesex County Football Association Respect Award for the season 2011-12. Great. So they're based in London? I believe so, yes. Right. So, um, yeah, they're going to be playing each other. Do you want me to find out more about this? Sure. Okay, so 30th of... November is when I need to go to this game, yeah? Yeah. Okay, where is it? Wembley Stadium. Okay. And it's to commemorate the start of the Rainbow Laces campaign. Oh, incredible. Well, okay. The Rainbow Laces campaign has started Saturday the 17th of November. Right. And um, <laughs> Stonewall FC officially kicked off the grassroots celebration of the Rainbow Laces campaign. But 30th of November, they will be playing a game at... Wembley Stadium and incredibly they're going to light up the Wembley Arch with the rainbow colours oh amazing I can't wait for that but so Stonewall have their own football team now yes okay they and have done for a while okay so it's they, 1991 they they do this uh, rainbow laces campaign every year right yes what if they just give heavier laces to the other team what would that achieve would they be uh, heavier to walk wouldn't they so they wouldn't be able to run as fast Oh, surely you give them wellies. <laughs> rainbow wellies campaign! Yeah, why not? And every team has to wear rainbow wellies. <laughs> Can you imagine? Messi, he's there, getting messy in the mud. His rainbow wellies. <laughs> Thank you very much, I'm here all week. Balls! And to celebrate Rainbow Laces campaign this year, uh, we've managed to get John Holmes. Who... What, from XFM? No. Oh. You're such a radio geek. <laughs> um, <laughs> John Holmes from LGBT Sports Media... He'll do. Uh, he's on the line. Hi, John. Hello, John. Hey, Connor. <laughs> uh, so tell us a bit about sports media LGBT then. It's an industry network. So in the same way that a lot of uh, people who work at different companies, they may have LGBT networks uh, mm. within those businesses. Uh, we decided, a few of us who work in sports media, kind of sat around a table kind of last summer and said, oh, well, we don't have uh, an LGBT ne- network as such you know, for our industry. And why don't we start one up? Uh, one of the reasons we wanted to do that was kind of just to bring a bit of visibility to those of us who are LGBT who work in this sector and also to kind of do our bit to kind of help um, raise awareness around LGBT inclusion in sport and kind of show that actually there's you know lots of LGBT people out there playing different sports, active and, you know, wanting to be a part of, of this world, really. So, um, yeah, so we've all decided to kind of 
knuckle down and, and do our bit. Sport is a massive thing, so people like will always follow it and, and stuff like that, but they're always maybe will focus on who's playing on that pitch. So I suppose it's also shining a light on the people that are behind the scenes, maybe in media, maybe uh, at the football clubs, at the rugby clubs and all, all the sporting stuff that work behind the scenes as well. Yeah, I think so. I think we were inspired by lots of different kind of movements, really, one of which was the Pride in Football movement. I know you've spoken to um, a few people from that uh, collective mm. on your podcast before. And you know, there was a great line that um, Dave Raval, who was one of the guys that founded the Gay Gunas um, group at Arsenal, said um, when, when they first kind of got started a, a few years ago. And he said, you know, there's all this talk about when a gay male footballers and bi male footballers going to come out in their sport. And it, isn't it about time that the fans came out first? Um, and, you know, it's a really good point. And it, it gets you thinking about that whole idea about visibility and, you know, different parts of sport, whether it's fans, whether it's people who work in administration or you know, people who work in the media. You know, we've all kind of sometimes we need to kind of band together and kind of show that we're here. So that was kind of one of the reasons why we decided to set up our group as well, because we thought, well, you know, actually there's quite a few of us who are LGBT and, you know, we've all had different experiences at different publications or newspapers or websites or, or media roles wherever we work. So um, why don't we kind of band together and, and sort of form a collective? So that's what we did. And you mentioned visibility, um, something that happens each and every year. And I, I, I kind of look forward to it is um, the Rainbow Laces campaign set up by Stonewall. And um, something that you've decided to do at Sports Media LGBT is uh, a share a story campaign that runs with that. Do you mind just telling us just a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think um, Rainbow Laces is something that I'm really passionate about. So in my day job, I work for Sky Sports and we're the media partner that works with the charity Stonewall on the campaign. So we've been doing that for a few years now. Um, and one of the great things that we've been able to do is, is people have seen some of the work that we've done and they felt able to, to kind of approach us and talk a little bit about their journeys in sport. Um, you know, it's been a huge range of people. We've, we've had, um, for example, uh, you guys on the, the football side of things be interested in the story of Ryan Atkin, who's the first openly gay uh, men's football referee in this country. So we were able to kind of work with him on his story. We've spoken to um, kind of... Uh, lots of the kind of LGBT fan groups and kind of raise their profile a little bit with some of the coverage we've given there. We've done lots on women's football. So um, we had a series that went out last uh, last year during the campaign called My Icon, where we had different people from across sport talking about their experiences. Two of, of the guests were Casey Stoney, who's of course now the Manchester United women's manager, and also Sophie Cook, who was the first trans woman to work in the Premier League. And they kind of shared their stories with us. So one of the things that we found from doing that was that actually, you know, we need to sometimes give people a, a, a little nudge and tell them that their stories are really important too, that they can really empower someone else who's reading it, whether that's a young person who doesn't, who kind of fears maybe they don't quite fit in in terms of sport, or but they're really passionate about it, but they don't see themselves represented perhaps. Um, you know, th those kind of stories can really inspire them. So at Sports Media LGBT, we're kind of wanting to do our bit alongside Stonewall, who are running the campaign as always, and just kind of encouraging people to say, you know, if you, if you feel like you've got a story that kind of links in with Rainbow Laces, um, why not kind of feel you can share it? And if you want to do it in, uh, in a way that gets more attention, then we're happy to help work with you on that and, uh, and bring it to a wider audience. How impactful do you think that the Rainbow Laces campaign is? 
I think it's really impactful. Actually, um, you know, every year it gets bigger and bigger. The uh, amplification that's been given uh, in the last few years by the Premier League, um, the, the Football Association, the EFL, mm. certainly from a, a football point of view, from a men's football point of view, I think it just gets bigger and bigger. We, there's some research that Stonewall did around the campaign last year, um, which is really, really interesting. So I think uh, if I remember the stats correctly, after seeing the campaign last year, there's around 7 million people felt more positive about LGBT inclusion in sport. This was research that was done by them in association with ICM. And uh, then I think the numbers was about 4.8 million people who saw the campaign last year. So they'd be more likely to challenge anti-LGBT language in sport uh, as a result of seeing that. So uh, there are still some problems, some difficulties to mm -hmm. overcome. 17% like, um, of sports fans think that anti-LGBT language is harmless if it's just meant as banter. Which, you know, I think as we, we as LGBT people will know that actually that idea that someone could say something and it's just meant as banter can be interpreted very differently if you're LGBT and can have a real impact on you if you don't feel included. So there is still some work to be done, but Rainbow Laces is really kind of making people think a bit more carefully about perhaps some of the language they use, some of their behaviour. Uh, it's not about trying to change football or change sport. It's just about trying to make sure it's a, a welcoming, comfortable, safe space for everyone. And I suppose it's about that behaviour, isn't it, of the other... It's the, I say the other people. Uh, the people that aren't uh, within the LGBT community. It's about that. It's about them sort of opening up as well, isn't it? I think so. I mean, we know that like, when there is incidences of homophobia biphobia or transphobia, it can actually affect everyone, not just those people who are LGBT. Uh, those of us who are big Premier League fans, you know, we look at some of the stuff that gets sent to players on social media, and that can often be quite abusive and, and can have, like, homophobic language can be used there. Uh, we've done, um, there's been kind of events that have happened in the last year or so. For example, there was one at Palace that I remember earlier this year where, Damien Delaney, who was uh, at Palace at the time, was talking about some of the language that he hears directed at him and other Palace players when they, for example, go across to take a throw-in or take a corner. And people are obviously trying to kind of get in their head and uh, put them off their game. And again, he was saying a lot of that seems to be like uh, there's a tendency for that to spill over into homophobic language. Um, so it, it is something that affects everyone. So we need to kind of encourage allies to stand up and challenge that, that language and call it out and say, you know, it's not okay. And certainly the, the LGBT fan groups, um, a lot of them are still experiencing uh, incidences of, of homophobia now and again that are uh, prevalent when they're around. There was a really interesting blog post written by uh, the Pride of Irons fan group at West Ham recently when they went down to Brighton to support their team and they were in the away end. And, you know, there was stuff being chanted from their own fans. And, you know, they, they wanted to kind of call it out and to kind of draw attention to it and say, you know, you're sharing all this stuff thinking that in some way you're supporting our team against, against Brighton. But actually it's quite hurtful to us and we're your own fans. So, you know, do you want to have, maybe have a think about that? And it was really, really effective the way they, they got their message across. So, uh, so, so Rainbow Laces is really tied in with all of that, I think. And, uh, you know, it just... It's a key time of year just to make people aware of, 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 you know, LGBT people are in football at all levels and, you know, they want to feel included too. So you, um, you said you work for Sky Sports and obviously they are huge partners of the Premier League, you know, that show so many games. 
is there going to be some sort of campaign that Sky Sports are going to run as part of the Rainbow Laces campaign this year? Yes, this will be the third year that we have um, supported Rainbow Laces in a big way. So uh, hopefully some of your listeners will remember some of the work we did last year and the year before, but we have um, some great kind of um, content where we're speaking to LGBT people in sport and like learning more about their stories. So um, you know, there's lo- lots of kind of different sports that we're, we're looking to cover. Um, and, you know, we will, of course, be bringing some visibility in terms of uh, our creative branding, which is something we also did last year. So you'll be seeing a few kind of additional rainbows around and about our content, um, whether that's stuff you see on screen, on Sky Sports News, for example, or whether it's live matches with kind of a rainbow line under the, under the scoreboard in the top corner of the screen. Um, our presenters will have kind of rainbow branded microphones. So it's just kind of our way of, a bit of a spin on the actual laces themselves mm-hmm. and bringing a few more rainbows round and about just to show people, you know, that how, how supportive we are in the campaign. And for you personally, what do you think needs to change in sport? Is there anything in particular that stands out that, like, no, we need to sort this first before anything else? Well, I'm always, like, loath to kind of talk about changing sport. I don't feel um, sport, you know, rainbow laces isn't about changing sport. We don't really want to kind of... You know, we don't want to kind of ruin the, kind of the atmosphere or it's not, it's not about trying to kind of stop people chanting or enjoying themselves or, you know, being yeah. vociferous supporters of their teams. It's more about awareness and, and showing that actually you can do all of that stuff, all the stuff we really lo- love about sport. You can do it in a way that's, that's LGBT inclusive and it doesn't have to involve kind of terrorist chants that kind of make reference to things which LGBT people would find offensive. So it's, it's more about like making, making people aware that that, that there are, as, as I said, kind of LGBT people in, in lots of different spaces in sport and make, making sure that it's always you know, a welcoming place for them. And it's the same at grassroots level as well. There's lots of work to be done, you know, right the way down the foot, football pyramid. And I think we can learn a lot from the, from the women's game. And I think we, we, we know how, how LGBT inclusive women's sport is compared to men's sport. And it's, you know, it's, it's a really strong message that they've been able to to send out so there's, there's lots for us to learn with lgbt and sport those two words together a lot of people kind of obsess about oh which player might be gay oh and stuff like that do you think that is a sort of toxic way to look at it i think we all rules you know different age groups and what have you and quite often we're looking for role models and we're looking to see ourselves re- represented we saw back in the summer i think when uh, Colin Martin, yes. who's the, uh, the footballer in MLS who came out. You know, his story had real traction around the world and, and lot, lots of people were interested in his journey and, and to find out more about him. It's a similar story with Ryan, uh, the referee, when he came out uh, last August, um, in August 2017. So, you know, I think we're always interested, particularly as LGBT people, we want to see ourselves represented in sport. Um, and, you know, human nature... Is, is kind of is, is what it is. I think we're interested in other people's stories and, and we want to kind of empathise with that. So that, that's kind of a healthy thing, really, for, for us to want to see more, more representation. Um, I think when it gets toxic is when, you know, when we've seen some instances earlier this year of still of kind of tabloid front pages kind of making sensationalised stories about secret gay or bisexual mm. Premier League footballers. And that's really problematic because that shows that there are still some parts of the media that don't really understand the difference between secrecy and privacy. You know, that it's, um, it's fine t- to be private and not everyone who's LGBT particularly wants to kind of go to the media and, and have a conversation about it. And that's completely understandable. I mean, the Premier League 
and professional football in general is such a pressured environment, you know, it, I think it would be understandable for everyone that you might not want to kind of draw additional attention to yourself, perhaps if you didn't feel totally comfortable with that. But, you know, that's very different to a secret. And I think anyone who's spent a period of time where they've been in the closet, whether they're, whether that was as a young person or as an older person, that can have a really debilitating effect on, on your mental health and can make you feel really isolated and can lead to lots of additional problems. So, you know, I think rainbow laces and talking about being LGBT in sport, it's really important because it shows people that actually, you know, although there are some problems out there, it's probably going to be fine if you come out and you'll get a lot of support and uh, there'll be lots of people that really kind of can relate to your story. So uh, we need to empower those people to feel like actually they can be their authentic selves and and, and hopefully when, when they come out, their performance will, will benefit as a result. They'll feel able to like, you know, give their whole, um, their whole selves to the sport and, and achieve through that, which I think is a really, really important message. Absolutely. And, you know, fingers crossed these, these people that are coming to terms with who they are can, you know, come out in, in a, a positive way, which would be really, yeah, really nice. I think so. And, you know, just having things such as your podcast and, and you know, other examples where people can uh, listen in and learn a little bit more about what other people have been through and, and, and also some of the really positive stories where people have come out and have had you know, really welcoming receptions and have you know, made lots of new friends and, and the social scene from all of these LGBT inclusive clubs, particularly in, in football across the country, you know, there's a really strong uh, narrative there about how they bring people together um, and it can do so much for your life. So, and I really encourage people to, you know, to, to, to get involved in one of those teams. And, and you know, if they haven't kind of done any sport or, or, or football for a long time, perhaps they had a bad experience at school. You know, it's a very, very different story when uh, when you, you you get into your late teens, early twenties, for example, and, and find a team that welcomes you. It, it can really change your life. Future's bright. Absolutely. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, John, thank you so much for, for chatting to us today. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. How can, um, how can people get in touch and share the stories that they have? Yeah, it's kind of a, a twofold process, really. We really want to encourage people to, to get laces. So, um, you know, you can order them online now. You can get a, like a bulk order for your club, for your team, um, and make sure you wear them during the campaign period. But if people feel that, that, they, that they have got a story, and perhaps they want to kind of get it out there in the, in the media space. Um, maybe it's a, it's a story where they've kind of overcome kind of some sort of barrier, which has enabled them to get, to get forward, to, to move forward in sport, or whether it's a club or team which has been kind of gone the extra mile and has been really, really inclusive uh, to certain people. Like, we'd love to hear, hear about that. And we have, our network is like a broad range of lots of different sports journalists and editors from across the industry working on you know, radio, on TV, in, in newspapers. And, uh, you know, also there's great opportunities for people, you know, to tell their own stories, whether it's through social media, whether it's through vlogging or, or podcast formats such as yourself. You know, we really want people to, people to encourage people to, to, to feel like they can share their stories and, and do it in a way that's best for them. Because, you know, it's really important that people, when they're sharing something that's so important to them, such as like their identity, really, that's mm. kind of what, one thing that we're talking about here, we want people to feel like they're in control of that story, you know, and they're not just kind of putting it out there for, for someone else to tell for them. It's, it's more about working with, with people to make sure those stories get heard. Ooh. If you're wanting to get some rainbow laces, there is an official rainbow laces day 
this okay. year. Uh, Wednesday, the 28th of November. So kind of, this will work out pretty well if you've got that full week of which you're going to be excited for Rainbow Laces and yeah. all things rainbow and all things football. Uh, there's, I think, a full fixture list of games on the Tuesday, the 27th mm-hmm. um, of November. Most of those games, in fact, will be celebrating Rainbow Laces. Awesome. And one of which we're going to. Yeah. We're off to the Pompey match that night. Yeah, boy. Pompey v Walsall. So uh, I'll hope to see some Walsall fans there as well. I thought they were from Poland. No, not Warsaw. <laughs> Warsaw FC <laughs> versus playing the English League One. Yeah, I thought somehow. Well, oh, Cardiff playing like the Championship and the Premiership and stuff, don't they? Yeah, well, oh, Premiership okay. this season. Okay, well, Premier League. Sure, 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 yeah. Get your technicalities right. Champions League. Uh, Wednesday, the twenty eighth of November is official Rainbow Laces Day. Thirtieth mm-hmm. uh, is Stonewall FC against Wilberforce Wanderers at Wembley for the Rainbow Laces game. Excited for that. And uh, do, you, do you actually want to go to that? Why not? Let's do it. I'm not busy that day. I watch Schmear on Thursdays. Right. Right. Perfect. If you sorted then. <laughs> and then um, Saturday, the 1st of December, yeah. is uh, FA Cup second round day. Okay. So, you know, so that's that, my calendar sorted. Is that with the championship? Is that what? With the championship. What championship? The FA Cup. No. No. That's second round, isn't it? So what round do they come in? Third. Oh. Third round is Premier League and Championship, and everybody gets excited for What's that. What's the final round? Well, the the third round onwards is Championship and Premier League teams playing against everybody else. Okay, as a non-league, ever won? Uh, yes, I believe once. Right. Which was Tottenham, if I'm right in thinking. Tottenham, they're not non-league! Well, uh, okay, so they were in the Southern League, which didn't count as the Football League back in right. 1901. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is a long time ago. Oh, you remember this like it was yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I know my stuff. I know that Barry won it in 1911. Right. There you go. You look really smug there, but I couldn't prove you otherwise. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, Tottenham of the Southern League beat Sheffield United, then of the Football League, Okay. to win the FA Cup. But um, the last, the furthest... An, uh, a non-league team has got recently was two seasons ago when Lincoln got all the way to the quarterfinals. <sighs> they were in the National League at the time. That's impressive. They beat Burnley. Sutton United played Arsenal that season as well. Really? At home. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant to watch. Well, we'll watch them all, shall we? Yeah. We'll go to them all. That could be a clue as to who we've got in the next few weeks. Oh. That's what I'm saying. Some of the time travelling machine, obviously. Yeah. It's the doctor. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Dr. Condork <laughs> of Uddersfield. Oh. Oh. Balls! Okay, so the moral of the story of this podcast is go get some rainbow laces, go celebrate all things football and all things LGBT. Um, we will see you next time. If you want to get in contact with the podcast, we're at Balls the Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and stuff. And our website, Connor, is ballsthepodcast.co.uk. Is that right? Yes. Love the confidence in it. <laughs>